You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. We're really hitting the old interview part of the season now. Lots of <laughs> interviews to get through, which is very exciting because there's been so many teams that we've been waiting to chat to and now finally can. And today, that team is Scotty and Owen, and it's a fun one. Yes, Scotty and Owen, the absolute legends, joined us for a pretty wild interview. So strap in, take a listen. All right, we have two very special guests on the podcast today. Scotty and Owen, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeehaw. <laughs> Obviously, you guys made it to the finale and you came second, which is amazing. How is your experience on the show? Oh, man, it was phenomenal. Like, like I, I can't even describe it. You can't really put something like this into words. Because, yeah, I went with no expectation. Like, we thought we were going to get kicked out, like, second episode. <laughs> if you could put it into a sound effect, Scotty, what would the sound effect be? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, man, yeah, big man. <laughs> Excellent. That's pretty accurate. That makes sense. <laughs> I feel the same way. Wow. Okay. I just I need to like mentally get in the in the headset for this interview because it's <laughs> wild. <laughs> so you guys said that. Um, you thought maybe in the first few episodes you are going to get kicked out. Once you started winning a couple of immunity challenge, did you start to think, all right, we might actually make it to the final, we could win this? Yeah, I think it was weird. I think it was probably episode two and we won the castle one. Mm-hmm. We both went back in the hotel room and we, like, at that point we figured out it wasn't just a fluke the first time. <laughs> um, and it's like you feel really bad celebrating on set because obviously some people are getting eliminated and stuff like that. Mm. So I just remember walking into the hotel room and being like, we looked at each other. Just like, oh man, like, we're actually in with a shot at this. It was unreal. <laughs> Do you guys feel like you were at a bit of a disadvantage by the end of it because you built less builds than the rest of the teams because you kept getting immunity? Yeah, uh, well, not really. Like, oh, we had a bit of a disadvantage with that, uh, with uh, missing out on so many builds. Uh, mainly me, I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do. I was going to pack this leg. I thought, oh, now let's go get some food instead. Go uh, enjoy the Melbourne food scene. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think it was like it was a catch-22 because it meant that creatively you had time to recharge, but at the same time, like Lego-wise, you were now another build behind everyone else. So mm. it was mm. like I, I, if you'd given us the option, we would have built every challenge without, without question. But there was like a small upside of not getting eliminated and there was also the small upside of having mm. like, a recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And were there any builds in particular that you missed that you really wish you got to, to be in? The Dream House and the Engineering Challenge. We missed the Engineering <laughs> Challenge. I was livid. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was bummed we missed the Snow Globe as well because I thought I had a ripper idea, but then after we saw what the snow did to everyone's build, I'm really glad we didn't because we probably would have gone up. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of messed everyone up. Yeah, everyone is super surprised about how much snow there was. What, yeah. what was your idea? Would it have just been covered by snow? No, so if you've played Super Smash Bros, uh, if you remember yeah. Wario's finisher, where he does like a massive fart cloud. <laughs> so yeah. picture a minifig on top of giant green fart cloud and then all the other minifigs like in diggers and like bulldozers and stuff trying to like get out of the dome, trying to bash their way out. Oh, so wow. you're, using the dome, you're using the dome as like part of the build. Yeah, like the Simpsons. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's trapped with the fart, so... 
I thought it was a wicked idea, but in hindsight, we definitely would have got eliminated. On that, so. <laughs> and then, what were your ideas for the other two? For the like the engineering challenge, do you know how you would have approached that, or would you just have to figure it out when you got there? So the engineering challenge, we went home and actually built it, but it was difficult because we didn't know what they'd taken out of the brick pit. So I think it would have been different oh, being in the room. Yeah. But that one looked like a lot of fun, especially having Trent back. We didn't get to see Trent or meet Trent, so that was a bummer mm. as well. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, and then our dream house, we, we were kind of going to do two houses. <laughs> we were going to do like a Neuschwanstein-style castle on a hill with a forest below it. Mm. And then out the back of the castle is a shed, and in the shed is lots of magical potions. Yeah, that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what were your nightmare twists would have been? Though? So we would have had like, I think we would have gone like spiders and stuff in the forest, going like fangling mm. forest yeah. sort of vibe, and uh, all the potions would have been empty in the shed. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, see, exactly, man. <laughs> it's a bad time. Everybody involved. <laughs> Okay, so those are the builds that you wish you were able to build. What was your favorite build that you did get to build then? Oh, man. I, I, I personally, my one was, I love the Bone one and the Doctor Strange build. Mm. I just like yeah. build. I've, I've always kind of like wanted to build some kind of Roman and I never had the parts at home mm-hmm. because I had very minimal Lego at home until now. And then just the Doctor Strange build was so, I enjoy polishing it up. Like I try to have as minimal studs exposed by the end. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I honestly loved every every build we did, man. Like, everyone had a bit of like our personality in it, a bit of a shout-out to the family in there as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty hard to choose because we loved them all, man. Mm. I, I think my two fa- – my, oh, my favourites were different from Scotty's. Uh, I loved the castle that we did at the start. Like, obviously, I yes. always built castles as a kid and everything, so that was like a throwback to nostalgia of building Lego castles, except – as Scotty said, this time you have all the bricks you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one I really loved building, but I didn't actually like the end result. Was I loved the challenge in the Strum King. It was a lot of fun just like nutting out the mechanism and stuff. I didn't really aesthetically like the final build, but or no, it wasn't my favourite aesthetical build. Aesthetical, is it? <laughs> Aesthetic build. Uh, but I loved, I loved the process of coming up and like problem solving it and yeah, figuring it all out, I guess. You became kind of known for mechanics on the show, Owen. Did you go into the show like having a lot of experience in that or did you just sort of work it out when you got there? No, so I hadn't done any mechanisms or anything before the show. I never played with Lego. I didn't have any power functions. But like, my job obviously is as an engineer is like sort of those concepts. Yeah. So it was more just learning how to apply those concepts in a Lego format. Yeah, so, right. And I feel like we got in a bit of an arms race with uh, with Ryan and Gus and myself. Yeah. And we kind of culminated in the episode when Mike and Harry took it out with the Tiger Temple because all three of us had spent so long on the mechanisms that all of our builds were like a little bit unpolished. And yeah. But it was good. It was good. Mm. Speaking of arms race, I want to touch quickly on the Mission to Mars build where you guys <laughs> built the armory and it had mechs and stuff in it. Yeah. In our episode talking about it, I was saying how I was such a big fan of the less colourful idea because I thought it helped the build stand out amongst every other build, which was super colourful, and so it was, like, the most unique one. Yes. Obviously, that was pretty controversial. Brickman didn't like it. How do you guys reflect on that whole thing now? Completely agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Scotty? Yeah. I, I loved it, man. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I had a very kind of, like, um... Like Sigourney Weaver kind of alien vibe going with it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's just sick, man. But then 
big man kind of gets in my head. I'm very easily manipulated by a big man. <laughs> He'll go, this isn't good. And I go, you know what? You're right. I can see where you're coming from. Mm. Why, how can we fix it? And then I just kind of, I just went, okay, we, we don't want to go home, so we've got to change the idea. As much as we both love it, we've got to adhere to what big man is preaching to us, man. Uh, I was a lot less flexible. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like the way the episode was edited was like kind of accurate to reality or did you watch it back being like, wait a second, that's not strictly speaking true. That was pretty accurate, man. No, I think it was. Yeah, it was definitely (laughs) accurate. It happened. Yeah. It was. We did have one conversation with Hamish and we touched on what you mentioned as well with Hamish about how we want to be grey. Um, because that's like Star Wars, Star Trek vibe, but it yeah. also does set us apart from everyone else that's gone powerful. Yeah, for sure. Um, but obviously that didn't quite fit the mold for how it all played out. So, uh, And that's not the way Brickman saw it. At the end of the day, Brickman's the one judging it. So you probably should listen to him. When I say we, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we saw that as well with the half and half build with the gramophone and you guys kind of butting heads a little bit over the story and, and what it should be. Why did you have to keep smashing bills? Why was that a thing? Uh, uh, yeah, factory reset, you know? <laughs> Chuck yourself in the deep end and see if you swim. I think it was definitely, I couldn't change. I, I hate tweaking ideas. Once I had a vision of what I thought we were making, I was like, and that was the that was what went wrong in the spaceship build. Is mm. It became so laser focused, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't compromise on it. And so by smashing it, it was that hard reset that meant that then at least for me, I didn't have this clear picture and we could make those tweaks and rethink our idea without having like constrained by preconceived thoughts. Yeah, right. And Scotty, you just like smashing stuff. Apparently, <laughs> <Damn>, yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes it worked out super well. Like with the gramophone build, you it felt like you maybe spent a lot of time rebuilding what you'd smashed. But with the kale scale builds, the rocket you came up with in the end was fantastic and, mm. like, maybe a bit of time extra would have made it even better. But are you guys were you guys pretty happy with that end result anyway? I liked it. I thought it was um, a nice colour contrast. Mm. Yeah. Nice and tall. Like, it, was, it wasn't really kale scale. It was more like Owen Hamish scale. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was pretty cool, man. And then just, yeah, being under the pump, I could just – Gives you this wicked kind of focus. Like you don't notice what's going on around you. You're putting big sand, trying to get higher and higher and higher. And it's just like you're on autopilot yeah. to make the biggest, best build possible kind of thing. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I remember talking to Gus as we left set that day. And that was without a doubt the worst episode to film. Because a lot, like the pressure was so much higher knowing that if you didn't finish it, you couldn't just polish what you had and deliver that. It was like, if you didn't finish it, you were going to go home. So it was so stressful because there wasn't like any fallback. Like if it fell over yeah. that serum flip, well, they thankfully did have a fail safe, but if it fell over at the end of the day, like you, that was you. So the stress on that build was so much higher than a lot of the others. Yeah, that makes sense. Guys, I'd love to talk about your uh, episode winning 80s arcade build, the Strum King. Yes. It felt like you guys in that build were leaps and bounds ahead of the other team. Do you feel like you just had like such a clear idea and worked towards it? so well the entire time you just crushed it it was so good thanks man yeah i feel like in um in the strum king one i don't know i just kind of felt like i, I knew exactly what i was doing from the get-go mm. yeah. straight away once we got it and once we had a plan down i was like yeah we can do this this and this and it just just rolled off the tongue kind of thing i think that build of all of our builds was the was like the most we came to the idea so quickly we were both so on board for it 
there was like we didn't make any changes to it and it was such a clear division of labor as well so it was so easy mm. to just like get in there and absolutely smash it but not smash it absolutely completely <laughs> 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 yeah that's it was also a lot harder to smash because it was in a box oh, so we had to get it right and we couldn't mm. change it <laughs> How was it building like in a confined space? Because pretty much all the other builds, you had like free range to a degree. It was just your base plate, the, the bit size of your base plate for some of them. But that one was actually in a box. I think it kind of taught us something about building modular. And it was the same. We learned a lot building the creature when we built it with a Technic frame. It meant that we could both work in a small space because you take parts off it. Mm. Uh, and the Strum King was a lot like that. Like all of Scotty's minifig scenes were like drawers that slid in at the end. And it made it a lot easier to work on. I think we definitely took that forward as well and started building things in pieces and then assembling all of the pieces at the end. Mm. I also liked the little Easter egg for the arcade build of the score that was on the arcade machine. I'm not going to repeat it on this podcast. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Woo! I don't know what you mean. What is, what is significant about that score? <laughs> Please explain to the audience. Did anyone on set give you grief about that or did it kind of slip through the radar unnoticed? Nah, no one knows what it is. <laughs> now, Jacob, remember? The Brick Ninja. Oh, Jacob, yeah. He, he realised, but I don't think anyone else had any idea. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that you got that on TV. That's so good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> shout out to the uh, younger generation. It was kind of like how Jeff in Atlanta snuck an F bomb on TV without anyone. Yeah, yes. but that was yeah. a bit more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Let's also talk about speaking of building things in confined spaces. The tree build, which then turned into the tree and underground build. Can you talk about it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how the twist affected it, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we're really good at this tonight. <laughs> so professional. Excellent. Scotty, do you want to take us away? Oh, yeah. Um, this was kind of a concept that we came up with for one of our final build ideas was if, if we weren't going to do the um, the tree ants and the engineers, like the hippies versus engineers, mm-hmm. we were going to build a big castle with some like, kind of elvish people defending against a big um, invasion of spiders and a spider lord. So that was a kind of our one of our concepts for our final build. And then this came up, we go, man, mm, got to do it. This is the perfect opportunity. I think it's pretty obvious in the filming as well. Like we, again, this was one of those ideas where we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like, we we're off and away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then as soon as the uh, twist came up, we we're like, dude, we both knew exactly what we wanted to do straight from the get go was, yep, yeah, now we can do the uh, spider side of things. Because Scotty had talked a lot in like the actual build about how he wanted to put a spider lord riding one of the spiders and we're a bit worried <laughs> to muddle the story of like the spiders being this unseen evil thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. when the twist came up, we were both really stoked because it meant we could explore this spider lord's lair. Uh, and they didn't yeah. use any of our facial expressions because everyone else looks devastated as a twist. <laughs> yeah. And Scotty and I are on the end like absolutely beaming that we get to build a spider lair. Uh, so they're like, oh, everyone's really sad about the twist and it cuts to every team except for us. <laughs> <laughs> I think like your style of building became really distinct throughout the season. Like you were kind of really getting into like these really detailed minifig stories. And I think, you know, Prento and I both said that as soon as we saw your build on screen, we were like, yeah, we would have guessed that that was Scotty and Owens if we had gone in as the public. Did you guys go into the show like knowing that was your style or did it kind of just evolve? We kind of just evolved into building minifigs because Owen could do like the big kind of stuff and I could concentrate on the little details. So one of our first builds that we did when we were in the Netherlands was we went to a Lego store there and did some bigger brick. And Owen built these three awesome race cars 
And I had a little, a little like uh, Elon Musk-like Tesla oh. with, with no stud showing. So I just, I just like having a, a clean polish bit at the end kind of thing. And Owen mm. just gets things down real fast and hard. And mm. We both like telling good stories and putting little Easter eggs in there for everybody. So yeah, we just kind of roll with that for the whole series. Mm. It definitely comes back to our training build as well, like where, where the division of labour was really clear. And once we figured out that that was a good division of labour, it became like a driving motivator. Our, our build choices as well. Mm, yeah. Because it meant, yeah, I guess tools could focus on very different things. Um, so by including sort of big structural pieces with minifig stories around them, it meant that we could kind of more seamlessly integrate between the two of us. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And with your final build, I imagine that there were a lot of details and a lot of little Easter eggs that we didn't get to see when it aired. Can you talk us through any of those? Oh, yes, I can, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. man, I had so many mini big things going on. I had um a big power station going on. I had like the electrical supervisors looking over the guy who looks a bit stressed out because he's bugging things up. <laughs> I had a guy get electrocuted because he doesn't have the right protective gear on. Oh my god! Some guy. Oh yeah, man. I had a guy looking at it, getting shocked. He's like, "Oh my god, he's getting electrocuted." <laughs> uh, guy with a mohawk who's seeing the trance and going, "Yeah, now it's time to get the battle kind of thing." <laughs> I got like a, I got a supervisor yelling at a like a younger guy who's freaking spilt all the tools everywhere, and then we move off the bulldozer onto like the, the ground. I've got some guys mining some rocks. Some of the guys have been captured in one of the tree ants' hands, and as he's like bashing the other guys away, they're kind of running. But one guy's standing to standing to fight. Another one was they're harvesting a tree ant, so he's on the ground, which they put up on oh. the show on TV for good reason because you got they're, they're pulling the they're pulling the crystals out of this guy's chest. <laughs> it doesn't look too good for kids, man. <laughs> um, but then the other trans kind of pointing at them angrily. Mm. And, yeah, it's just – Wow. So yeah, I, I don't remember it at all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we said in our breakdown of the finale episode that we thought your build would appeal the most to kids because there were a lot of stories and I think, like, kids can get really involved in that. Have you heard that feedback at all from anyone or, like, from, had – had any feedback from the public after the show's aired? Not really. Oh, I've got about a thousand messages that haven't opened because I've been working. <laughs> so I should probably get to that sometime soon. I've got some uh, feedback from like some family members and stuff that watch the episode. Yeah. And they're all kind of like, yeah, you guys would have won if you didn't build violence, you know? <laughs> didn't build violence. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. It's like, man, well, that's what we want to build, man. Like, if you're going to go home on something, you want to go home on one of our builds, man. Yeah. That's kind of... The best representation of us and how we just like building, I guess. That's so funny. Shut up, rude boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> did, did you eat a mini fig? I did. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I I don't even know where to start with questions on that. Well, the thing is, is I got there and I was like, because I haven't built Lego that much before the show. I kind of had it in my mind that if you want to build Lego, you're going to become the Lego, you know. Get inside the head of a mini fig. Sure, yeah, okay. Get the head of a mini fig inside of you. Yeah, yeah, something like that, man. Okay, so was it just a straight swallow? Do you try chew it up a bit? How does that work? No, so it was head first, then arms. Oh, so it was broken up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, but see, I didn't want to. I didn't want to eat it. That's the thing is, I'll, I ate the head. I go, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> and then my beautiful partner that I have was uh, chanting at me about how he didn't raise a quitter and how we're gonna, not going to win the show if I don't do this. <laughs> I don't. So 
I folded under the pressure of my <laughs> guiding light of a partner. So remember, kids, peer pressure always works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and was it what what mini figure was it? Was it just like a little generic one, or <laughs> it was Anthony's one? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Anthony, man. <laughs> oh man, that's one of the funniest uh, things I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, Excellent. everyone on set thought was hilarious. Except for all the people that were wearing Yeah. Oh, amazing, guys. Thank you so much for A, that insane story, and B, for being with us today and answering all of our questions. It's been so great to chat to you both. No worries at all. Thanks for having us. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us on that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only and best Lego Masters podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast because uh, we've got some more interviews coming out and also for next year when the next season of the TV show rolls around, you want to be ready. You want to be good to go so that you can be the first one to get your ears across whatever content we decide to launch the next season with. We don't even know. That's how exclusive it's going to be. So make sure you do that. Strong recommend from me. I've been hearing it's Australia's best Lego podcast. That's just what I've been hearing. Oh, yeah, I've heard the same. That's that's rooms on the street. <laughs> from very reliable sources. Very, very credible sources that are not ourselves. Never. We would, that would, we would never do that. We would never lie to you. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMDthepod. As always, you can chat to us there, DM us your thoughts, questions for interviews with contestants we haven't chatted to yet, or just general questions. Also, you can follow our personal Instagrams if you want to. But you know what? Here's something I've never pitched before, my personal Twitter. It's the same as my Instagram. You'll have to dig through previous episodes to find it. But if you want to see a lot of tweets that are not at all about Lego and very much <laughs> about Australian politics, follow me there. Actually, not even Australian politics. That's very different to my Instagram or this podcast. <laughs> so take a peek. It's very fun. Maybe we can get into a, into a fight about something. That's generally what Twitter's best for, I reckon. Oh my god! Or movie chat. A lot of movie movie chat. For example, Paddington Two features heavily on my Twitter <laughs> feed. Great movie. This is something we've never really talked about, Zoe. Oh, it's positive. But, oh yeah, no, Paddington and Paddington Two especially. Phenomenal movies. Maybe my second favorite franchise after Mission Impossible. I know. Big call. Cool. I okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. Anyway, thanks for listening to the podcast, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Wait, what's your favourite franchise? Oh, that was Mo- a good movie, fr- movie franchise. Um, uh, I'll keep it in, but also, what's your favourite movie franchise? Oh. Is it Harry Potter? Oh, like, yeah, probably. It's probably Harry Potter. That's fair. I, it's not perfect, you know. I'm a big fan, but I will openly discuss its flaws. So if you want to argue with me about Harry Potter, feel, feel free to slide into my DMs. I think Harry Potter is one of the things from our childhood that hasn't aged as well. Like you go back and watch um, How I Met Your Mother and you're like, oh no, this is bad. Whereas some things I feel like you watch and you're like, you know what? Not too bad. We've done well here. And I don't think Harry Potter is as strong as it once was. Lord of the Rings still still goes hard. Harry Potter maybe just like is struggling and I'm worried about how it's going to go in another decade or two. You know why? I think it's because like the way that you read the books and watch the movies is like you're growing up with Harry. Mm. And so I think that like for us there's a real nostalgia factor because like we watched it and we're, and we're reading them around that same time as, as his age. Whereas now you like watch it as like a 25 year old or like a 40 year old or whatever and it's harder to relate to, like, an 11-year-old child. You know what? I think that's totally fair as well. It's We're in a different point in our lives and we're just not as mm. compatible with young Danny Radcliffe anymore. So 
next season we will be doing a Harry Potter podcast <laughs> alongside a Lego Masters podcast. Do you reckon Harry Potter might be the thing in the world that has the most podcasts about it? Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, well, apart from like news or something. Actually, even then. I've listened to two Harry Potter podcasts separately, like completely different. And the, I know there's tons. Because you listened to, was it the Potter per minute or something? Oh, I listened to Paging Mr. Potter. Paging Mr. Potter, that one, yeah. Okay, and then I used to be really into Mugglecast back in the day, but I, I don't know. I have heard of that. I haven't listened. Should I add it to the list? Oh, again, it's been probably a decade since I've listened to it, but at the time I was a big fan. Okay, okay. Um, but they, that already goes to show the fact that we can talk about three different podcasts and they're different. <laughs> yeah. That's evidence as to how big the Harry Potter podcast mm. universe is. It's like the MCU, but it's the HP. PU, Harry Potter yeah. Podcast Universe. Yeah, wild stuff. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to this podcast, guys. <laughs> thanks for continuing to listen after that ramble. How many people do you reckon listen to this specific thing? Like, we'd have people who tune in for Scotty and Owen, they're the real stars of the episode, obviously, and then they'd be like, okay, finishing up now, I can stop listening. Surely once we do the thanks so much for listening, they're like, great, yeah. quit, quit the app. Like, Yeah, I, I would do the same. Like, they, we say this same thing pretty much every time. Maybe yeah. maybe there's like a different sentence in there just for some... But you know what? For those people who have stuck around, you just struck gold. We just went on a ramble <laughs> that you weren't expecting, were you? You learned so much. And if you message me on Instagram, I'll PayPal you 20 cents. <laughs> Not a joke. I will literally do that if you can prove that you got this far naturally. <laughs> All right, let's, let's wait to see the messages. And scene. Good work, Zoe. Love that. All right, thanks for listening to the podcast, guys, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>